Amen. 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 Woo, you may be seated. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. Well, many of you were here when I preached last time, which wasn't that long ago. And remember, I was talking about the goodness of God. And oh, man, the service was powerful. The worship team was amazing. And it just was a really amazing time. And what the Lord showed me very clearly was that the whole time that I was preparing for the message and I was asking the Lord what you wanted me to share, what I should share with you, I'm singing the song, The Goodness of God, The Goodness of God, The Goodness of God. And then I went, uh, duh, I guess that's my message. It's the goodness of God. And so I preached it. But God has a way of changing us and speaking to us directly also. And he spoke to me directly and he said, I want you to take this what message that you're bringing to Stone Point. And I want you to realize that that's my word for you for this year. And that every time um, I get together with my friends on New Year's Eve, we have a meal together, a group of us, a small group of us, and we're accountable to one another. We can speak into each other's lives. It's really amazing. They can say, uh, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> and I listen. You need people in your life that you can listen to, that you don't take offense to, that you're not afraid to be called up and say, ah, not so good, right? Because none of us are greater than the next. We all have to submit. There's someone that we always have to submit to, always. It doesn't matter whether you're a preacher, a pastor, it, you're going to have someone to submit to along with submitting to God. It's the way that it ought to be. It, it ought to be. And so, sure enough, the Lord told me that this was going to be my word for this next year. And I thought, wow, it's just so powerful to me because I know about the goodness of God. <coughs> you know my head shake thing, right? Those of you that were here last time. Yeah. And the Lord said, really? I want to show you another side of the goodness of God. And that's what he's been doing in my life since I've been preparing for that message. And once I embraced, this is my word for this year. And so it's a powerful thing how he did it. And then what I was to see that goodness of God daily. You know, sometimes we'll say to people, you know, the goodness of God is amazing. And it surprises me all the time. And people say, it surprises you? I go, you know what? It better surprise you. Because otherwise, then we're just taking God for granted, right? And we're not going to take God for granted. We want to be able to say, oh, Lord, I am thanking you for surprising me. You will always surprise me. I will always be encouraged. And that's what we have to hold on to and remember, that that's what he wants. And so he's also showed me that the goodness of God oftentimes is also in the times when they're not so good. <laughs> and we like to get into that little negative Nelly thing, you know? Oh, always me. I can't believe this is happening again. Whatever it is, whatever this is happening. And a funny thing happened that recently, I'm going to talk a lot about my husband today, recently my husband went just to a regular checkup with his cardiologist. Just a regular, right? Nothing. It was just like, you know, after a 
every year or so you go for a checkup. And so while the nurses came in, took the vitals and everything, went out, the doctor didn't come in, but the nurse came back and said, oh, we want you to have a, a, a cardiogram, an EKG. And I thought, oh, good, that'd be a good thing to check up on, right, you know? Well, the doctor came in a few minutes later, looked at the screen on the computer, and he goes, oh, hmm, okay. What does that mean? <laughs> Do you know when that pause is like five seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds? A minute feels like forever in your life, forever. And he said, well, you're an AFib. And we go, well, what's AFib? You know, I've heard other people say that, but what does that mean for him? What is AFib? And so the doctor says, well, it's when his heart is beating out of rhythm. And he says, therefore, um, we have two options. One option is to have an ablation where it's a surgical procedure that they burn the nerves that are shooting the heart off of being, I guess, in rhythm. And the other option is they shock your heart. You know, they go, okay, get ready, back off everybody, right, right? And so we're thinking, okay, those are, well, is there another option? Do we have to have this? And what happens if we don't do this? I'm figuring, you know, give God a chance, right? right. And give me a chance so that we don't have to go through that. <laughs> That's the other part of it. And so he said, well, the other option is a heart attack or a stroke. Oh. I went, oh, just like that. I went, oh, okay, let's go back to the options again. <laughs> And let's talk about that. And he said, okay. And after a great deal of talk, we decided that we would go to the option of shocking the heart because they put you to sleep. And so we get to the hospital. Now, this all just happened, guys. So it was this past Tuesday we get to the hospital. And so we get to the hospital on Tuesday, and they say, I can go in with him. Hallelujah. You know, that's a big deal. Lots of hospitals don't let you go in with right. COVID and all of that. Right. And not only that, I'm allowed in the room where he's going to have these two, wow. this procedure. Wow. And they're explaining to him that they're going to sedate him and put a tube down his throat to take a picture of his heart to see if there's any blood clots. He goes, I didn't know that that was part of the option. See, sometimes there are secrets we don't know about. <laughs> there are things that God keeps from us to protect us. I don't know if he would have come into that room if he knew that in advance, right? So, thank you, Lord, for not telling us that. <laughs> and he said, so we'll sedate you just lightly for that. And then when you're going to have the shocking, we'll put you out completely. Okay, okay. And he says, right, that's fine. So then um, all of a sudden, uh, I remembered that two nights before that, a friend of mine, I don't know, many of you may know him, he's online a lot, Mike Maiden, he's the pastor of CFTN Church in Phoenix, and he has a lot of prophetic words. And he had this prophetic word, and I remembered the night before the doctor said we have to go into the hospital. <clears throat> and he said he saw a picture of God standing before a massive calendar. 
and the calendar had big, big, big boxes. You know when you want to get those calendars that you can write things in the box for that day? Because that, lots of us have 30 things in a day we have to do, you know. And he said that um, he kept seeing this, and then this, and then this. And, and he said, Lord, I don't understand. What are you doing? And the Lord said this. I am canceling surgeries. Hallelujah. I am canceling medical procedures. I am canceling debt, financial difficulties, attacks against the people in curses, and attacks against the churches in curses. And I thought, praise the Lord. And so the night before we went to the hospital on Tuesday, I told my husband about it. And we began to pray and believe the Lord for this procedure. Amen? When you have a word to hold on to, it's different than living in a word of faith. You know, we are faithful people. We believe that we have faith in God. And so we'll stand and we'll believe for what God says and what he says in his word, right? But there's something that happens when you have a word that says, I really believe that because it's on time. It's in season. It's in the moment. You know, when it's in the moment, it's like, are you remembering? It's, it's like that. And so we prayed and we prayed. And we knew, we knew somehow God's in the middle of this, whether it's going to be just to take us through it, carry us through it, or whatever he wants to show us. And so as the nurses were preparing him, and I'm in the room there, and they're, you know, getting him, putting the IV in, and taking his vitals, and then shaving his chest, and he's just talking about the Lord the whole time to them, because that's what my husband does. He's very evangelistic. He talks to people about God's goodness and all of that. And so, lo and behold, they finally get all those little tabs, you know, for the EKG, because he has to have another one just before the procedure. And they hook them all up, and they da 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 and they plug in the machine, and the nurse goes, oh, you're in sinus rhythm. I go, well, what does that mean? Well, he's fine. And then the doctor walks in and he goes, oh, you're in sinus rhythm. Get dressed, you're going home. We had a word. We had a word and we stood on the word. We stood on the word. Trusting God no matter what. Trusting him one way or another. We were trusting God. Now, my husband, many of you know we're Jewish. And my husband, who has all this belief in God, says to them, so will I get my money back? <laughs> Remember the second part of the dream? The, the, the vision? Remember that? We paid $250 just to get into the hospital that morning. And they call downstairs and they go, oh yeah, you're getting the $250 back. <laughs> and so first he said, first miracle. And then when we got the money back, he said to the nurses, second miracle. And he tells them that God's going to do miracles for them as well. 
Is that incredible? Do you not want to hold on to that for your life? I'm telling you, those are the things we forget when we go into the next situation and the next and the next. And it's not as though we haven't had trials. He's had open heart surgery years ago, four years ago, but still, this was miraculous now, for the now. And because that calendar was for now, that God stood in front of, that ca- that's not just for us. That's for every single one of you. Whatever you're waiting on for finances, for surgeries, for procedures, for debt to be reduced, for whatever it is, hold on to that word. It's yours now. It's yours. And therefore, you can stand on that word. Amen? Amen. And so it's these hard times that we go through at times, we want to just get so excited about it. And we we think, oh, that one came out of left field. And then the Lord says, yeah, but remember what your word is? The goodness of God. And God said, I want to show you my goodness. I want to show you. You're just seeing this as a miracle, but connect it with the goodness of God and how important that is. Because the goodness of God reveals his miracles. And that's what comes forth when we least expect it. Be surprised. Be surprised. I can't wait. Some of you got to Facebook me and tell me what God did for you after you heard this word, okay? I'm there on Facebook. I'm not always on, but I will get it and see it, okay? And here's what the Lord, the word says. In 2 Chronicles 6, 41, it says, Now arise, Lord God, and come to your resting place. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. See, we, we hold on to that scripture. We hold on to the word of God because right. that connects right. to what we live. And it also tells us we have to hold on to that and rejoice in his goodness. And you know when we have to rejoice in his goodness? When things are hard. When things feel overwhelming. Oh, any of you overwhelmed during the holiday season? Uh Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. During the holiday season, we're just getting ready for Thanksgiving, and this happened, right? But we were able to go and talk about this miracle of God and the goodness of God in the midst of it. And the Lord prepared us in all of that. So I can tell you, my husband and I were walking a little bit lighter after that, right? Don't you? Well, kind of walking on holy air, you know? It's like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are amazing. And having it go just before Thanksgiving, it was like, Lord, we have to remember there is much to be thankful for. There is really much. My husband is 75 years old, and in his family, people don't live past 60. And that has been a curse. That has absolutely been a curse. And remember, on that word in the calendar, curses. We declared the curses to be broken. He is the elder of his family now, the elder. And we stand with that. We thank God for each day. We know God, there's a day God's going to take us home. We know that. Only God knows that day. 
and he knows that hour. And so we are having grateful hearts. The, in, in First Chronicles 16.34, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever. And in First Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances. All. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine if, I, I mean, if we hadn't been giving thanks to the Lord, even... I mean, I can remember days in my life when I'm going, really, God? Really? Anybody see Fiddler on the Roof? Thank you, God, for making this day like it is. You, You know, that kind of attitude. And we've all been there. We've all done that. We are not fake Christians. We're trying to be authentic in our walk with the Lord, right? We have to be authentic. And sometimes authenticity in our mind is, just spew out all the junk. But it's not. It really isn't. God wants us to change our attitude. And he's always changing us from glory to glory. That's what he's wanting. So, you know, I don't know how many of you know this, but today is the beginning of what's called Advent. Okay? And so it's four Sundays just before Christmas. What a time for us to remember that we are to rejoice over the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is this, this is the season that people come to the Lord. This is the season that people all over the world celebrate the birth of Jesus and they don't even walk in the Lord. And they sing all the songs we sing and they just, and they feel lifted above their situation, and there's joy, and there's peace, and there's, they don't even know the Lord. But it's the opportunity. The opportunity is now to be able to tell people about the Lord. And it's generally going to be people that you're very close to and that aren't walking with the Lord, that come together and want to understand why you are the way you are. Uh-huh even if some of those ways are weird. But <laughs> really, how, what, what, what is it that makes you get through those hard things? How is it? And just to be able to say, my testimony, not you should, or you should, or you should, but this is what happened to me. There's a hunger. It's almost like that word that says in in Scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Why? Because you're speaking his words out of your mouth. It tastes wonderful. It's amazing how that word goes out and people go, I want want that. Uh How did did they get that? How did he, how did they, how did she, right? right? So those are the things that the Lord wants us to focus on through this month as we're preparing to go into the next year. Because we didn't know COVID was going to still be going, did we? Oh, we all had our predictions of when it was going to end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was looking, watching some kind of show on TV, and it's a year ago, and they're all saying, oh, yeah, by next July 4th, we won't have to go through this anymore. I'm like... Gee, I was in California then, and I had to wear a mask. <laughs> had to have my ID on the plane. Had to have, you know, it's just things are never going to be the same. And we have to realize that, but it's an opportunity. God wasn't surprised by this. 
Now this was a surprise that we were really surprised and shocked about. And the church is different. Christians are different. And we have to realize that whatever is going on in the world, God has a plan for. He has a plan in the midst of it. And if we consider that these are the end times, it's that that beginning happening of, of the coming of the Lord, well then, what's going on? He's establishing things to be set into motion. And we have to realize that and look at it with a different vision. The only way we're going to get that different vision is going to be when we recognize more of the goodness of God or whatever your word is going to be for the year. And as we focus on what's coming, even though we may be shocked and surprised, still we recognize God's in charge. God is in charge. And so today, being the beginning of Advent, those four weeks before Christmas, can you even believe that? How did that happen? That we're going to stand and look at what would those readings be at that time. And so um, I took a few scriptures and I took a look at it. And each month, each week, there's a group of scriptures that's read in different churches or that people do devotions for. And this is the first one for this Sunday. And it promises a savior. And it says in Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill good, the good promises I made to the people of Stone Point Church. Amen? Put your, put your name in it. Howard and Renee Diamond. Because that's what it is. At that time, those people were waiting on the promises of God, just like we wait on the promises of God. So he said, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promises I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. And in those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. I thought, that's what we have to remember. This may be a time that everybody thinks they love Jesus and they don't even know him. We need to stand on the Lord is our righteous Savior. And this is opportunity time for us to tell people about Jesus by sharing the testimonies of our life. You know, people are much more receptive when they tell us what's when we tell them what's happening in our life than when we tell them what they should do in theirs. I mean, come on. That's not going to win somebody. It really isn't. But the wall comes down when you tell about you. And you can say the things like, yeah, I kind of had an attitude about that, and but God helped my attitude. He helped my attitude. So we focus on these scriptures, and I want to encourage you, focus on Jeremiah 33, 14, and 16 this week. Focus on it. And then next Sunday is the promise of comfort for God's people. That's, the script, that's what they talk about during the Advent, the Advent time. And here's the scripture, Isaiah 41 through 5. <clears throat> it says, comfort, comfort my people, says God. 
speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hands, hand double for all her sins. Double, double, receive double. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Isaiah 41 through 5 in week 2 before Christmas. That you're processing this, praying this, putting your name in it, your family's names, your friends, those that have needs. Put them in the promise. Put them in the promise and stand for that promise. And now listen to the third Sunday. Joy as the redeemed. Joy as the redeemed. There is a joy that's coming to us, the, redre the redeemed. I mean, it, this is so fulfilling for me because I can remember at about a year and a half into the pandemic, I hit this wall of depression. I thought, what is this? What is this? And you know what my word was for last year? Joy. And I'm thinking, I don't think I have joy. I mean, where did my joy go? I am a person that sees the glass half full. Lots of other people see the glass half empty. I see it half full. People will always say, oh, she sees through rose-colored glasses. Yeah, where'd the rose-colored glasses go? And I couldn't figure it out. And then I began to realize that the joy had been robbed from me. That here I am sitting in my office, many of you know I'm a therapist also, and I sit in my office at home with my map of the world above me, with all my pins of women waiting to be released. <laughs> supposed to be going to Bolivia next year, but we were supposed to go this year. So we're waiting to see what God says. But in the midst of it, I think I lost my hope and my joy. And I had to then bring that to the Lord. And say, God, I, I have, I, I, I'm feeling no joy. I was going to say joyless. Is that a word? I think it's a it's sort of, sort of. I know. If we were doing our doctorate, they'd correct that one. I know. But I was feeling joyless. I was feeling joyless. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that is not who I am. And, you know, you, you talk to my family. If they have a problem, it's called Grammy. Because Grammy will pray. Because she trusts God in that way. And she prays the prayers just that you need. And I'm thinking, I hope nobody comes to me for prayer. <laughs> because I'm joyless right now. How can I? And it took me a while talking it through with God, sharing it with my husband, sharing with those group of people that would go, oh, come on now. What is it really? Right. And it was disappointment. It was anger, frustration at where I was. I had to look at that, that what took my joy, what I allowed my joy to go to, okay? And then I thought, no, I'm taking that territory back. No, 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 no. God is going to carry me through this. He is. And so he began to daily a little bit more. I felt a little joy and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then all of a sudden it was like, She's back. 
And I really felt that way. There is a joy as the redeemed of the Lord. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall rejoice. We are rejoicing in the things of the Lord. So hold on to Isaiah 35, 1 through 6, because it says the desert and the parched land will be glad. If they can be glad, if the dry land can be glad, the dry land can be glad. The dry land can be glad, right? It is, we are like dry land. And it says, so rejoice like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen feeble hands, steady their knees. Oh yes, Lord, I stand for that one. Steady their knees that give way. Say to those with a fearful heart, be strong, fear not, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap as a heart and the dumb shall be mute no longer and they will sing and speak with joy. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. That's what you're looking forward to in the third, this third week of the month. The third week of this month. Look for the joy. It's gonna, you're going to be redeemed whatever you have lost and you're grieving. And you've turned over to the Lord. If you're grieving something, look forward to the joy. It's okay to grieve, guys. It's okay to, to grieve, ladies. It really, really is important for us to be able to do that. But you have to remember that somehow God wants to help you get above that, that you be able to talk about what is so grievous, but that what the Lord is showing you in the midst of it. And then the joy will be released. It will totally be released. And then the fourth Sunday before Christmas is the promise of a ruler to come out of Bethlehem. The promise of a ruler out of a little place like Bethlehem it's kind of like we have promises that sneak up on us out of these little places. And we, don't, we didn't think we would find that promise in that little place. We didn't think that that promise could come when we go there and we do that. And I don't want to go there. And, uh, you know, they are whoever they are and them. And then you go and you're like, wow, that was great. Wasn't that wonderful? That's what God's saying here. There is a promise of a ruler to come out of Bethlehem. And in Michael, Micah, sorry, Micah 5.1. <clears throat> I'm rewriting the Bible. Micah 5.1. It says, marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from the, the ancient times. Therefore, Israel will, abandon, will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son. 
and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach the ends of the earth. And so I want to encourage you to stand on these scriptures. If you haven't written it down, they've got it on the screens already. Write those scriptures down. Contemplate them each week of this month. Let God show you something specific to each one of you. There's things that are specific to me and I was able to share with you. But now that you get to do it, look at how many more people are doing the same thing as connecting with the Lord in these areas, and he's going to show you something specific for you. So we don't only think about Christmas being the birth of Jesus, which, by the way, that's not even the right time. But, you know, no one really knows exactly the time unless you watch the star. Have you ever followed the star of Bethlehem? Yeah, there are times that, that we've been able to see it come into interview, and uh, people have talked about it sometime in that year. In the, at this, this time of year. But anyway, watch for the coming of the Lord and what he's going to do in these seasons and these times. Watch for his rulership and his rulership over your situations, his rulership over our nation, his rulership over our government, his rulership over our lives. See, that's what's being released. There's being released a new rulership that's going to happen. And it doesn't matter what your political belief is, God's still in charge. God is still in charge, and that's what's important. So over these four weeks, look towards the birth of Jesus, that celebration where we all come together and we celebrate. And it's the time that it helps us to stand on his promises and to grow and mature as Christians. See, God's after changing us, not that we aren't who we are, but he's taking who we are and making us more like him. And it, the way he makes us more like him is by showing us the weaknesses in our lives, the strengths in our lives, and he grows character in us. And he wants our character to be like his. And so thank you, Holy Spirit, that you teach us daily. Amen. And that the Holy Spirit gives us an opportunity to learn. It was so different this Thanksgiving. We were um, over at my grandkids' house, and, and one of their friends, my granddaughter, was ill. And so one of her friends was cooking turkey, and she had never carved a turkey before. And I was standing talking to her while she was trying to do it. And, and, and I said, oh, here's a little trick if you want to. And I just showed her this little trick. And she goes, that's great. And she did it. And, oh, wow, that works. And, you know, yesterday I had lunch with my daughter. And she goes, mom, you did it again. I go, why? She said, there you were in the kitchen teaching and training the next generation. Never took over. Let her try and you imparted to her. And I said, thank you, Lord, because that's everything I want to do in this season of my life, is pour into others to leave a legacy of the good things of the Lord, even if it has to do with carving a turkey, and allowing someone to come forth who had never done anything like that before in their life. 
And that person said, I, this is what I really miss. I don't have a family. And oftentimes I come to this family on all holidays, but I come and I eat and I leave. This time I got to participate in all the beginnings of it and feel really like a family, really like a family. And so we have opportunities coming up to be more like the character of God, willing to teach us even when we know we're going to fail at some of the things he teaches us, right? We don't always learn the first time, guys. You know the mountain? Yeah, yeah. Lots of us go around it. When we were on the mission field in the Philippines, in order to get from Bagueo City to Manila, we had to go down this mountain. We were supposed to fly, but there was a huge tsunami and all kinds of other weather and stuff. And so we had to take a bus. And this bus went around and around. And we saw the same thing, mile, six hours, around and around. And I thought, you know what? There's revelation in going around the mountain. It's going to be your attitude, and it's going to let you see things you hadn't really seen at the top part as you're going down the mountain. There's different things to see because we're always learning, always learning. So the best way that God wants to mature us is beginning to look at the word he has for you for next year. Um, it's going to help you to grow, understand him, build character in you, and hope for the future. As Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. It is for good and not harm and to give you a hope and a future. Okay, so here's the deal with that scripture. You know, that's my life scripture. But now that I'm learning the goodness of God in a new way, I recognize that although God has planned for us, Sometimes I'm like, hello, where's your plan? What, what the heck? I, I mean, look at what's going on here. Where's your plan? And we don't see the plan until we get through the other side and we continue to rest in the goodness of God. Somehow you're going to get us through this. Somehow you're going to take that plan and pull us along behind you and get us to the other side of it that we're not going to see just that negativity, that we're not going to see hopelessness and despair, but we're going to see the fruit of your spirit come forth and that you will be able to lift us above and into growing in the things you have for us. So I want to encourage you that you focus on these four scripture readings that I gave you. And in these four weeks that you ask the Lord, what is it that you want for my word this year? What's the word that you have for me? And it may be a sentence. It may be just one word. It may be a couple of words. But embrace it. And don't think it's stupid. Because sometimes I've gotten a word and I go, well, that's stupid. It's probably just me. And then the Lord shows me over and over and over again. Sometimes it's an entire scripture and I'm like, I don't even know how to live in that one, you know, but God shows us how. He shows us how. And so just as he's done it for me, he's going to do it for you. And you know why? It isn't because it's just me or it's you. It's because he's glorified when we follow his plan. He's glorified and lifted up when we're able to say, oh, God, 
thank you for what you gave me in that word. I never expected it. I can see past my thoughts to your thoughts. I can see clearly. And so he desires that for you. So I'm praying for each and every one. Then that December of 2022 is going to be a powerful year of change for you. Not that any year hasn't been a powerful year. Don't misunderstand me. But 2022 needs to be a year of change. Number one, we have a word, don't we? There was a word that we're all standing on. And so many different parts to that word for each of us. And then secondly, not only are we starting on it, uh, it word, but also that we have the promise and now we're gaining whatever the word is God giving you to stand on that word and be released in that word and say, show me, Lord, how does that apply to this situation, that situation, any situation? Where does it connect? And he's going to fulfill your question. He will fulfill that for you. He will show you. And so my hope and my prayer is that when December of 2022 turns, comes around, that you will stop and whoever you meet with, huddle with, whoever is your friends, and they say, so how'd you do with your word this year? <laughs> that you will be able to say, I had some good times. I didn't have so many good, some other good times. But this is the thing that I did learn. This is the one thing I learned. If it's one thing you learn, trust me, it'll be a lot more. If it's one thing I've learned, this is what I've learned. And hopefully I will see you guys again sometime next year. And some of you will be already hearing from God what your word is. Don't be afraid to tell me about it. Or let me know on Facebook. On Facebook. That because it's a plan for his kingdom. He wants to build his character in every single one of you. He wants to mature each and every one of you. And I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Every one of us needs maturing. We need mature because today we're different than yesterday. Because tomorrow we're going to be different than today. That's what God wants from us is to grow and mature and change. Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that your plan for your kingdom to come, for your will be to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that, Lord, each of those here today, that, Lord, as they stand on your promise, as they stand on the word that you give each of them, I pray for your character to come forth in them in strength and power. I pray that your character would grow in might in them. I pray that those things that may have just weighed heavily upon them, that, Lord, they will see your potential and possibility in the midst of it, that you will bring growth, understanding, and cause them to walk upright in you. At times where they've walked hunched over and sad and gloomy, that, Lord, you're going to lift them above that situation. Even though it may be terrible and horrendous, that, Lord, you're going to show them something above it and take them through those situations and circumstances. So, so Lord, we thank you. You, we praise you and we glorify you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Be blessed.